Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The Trevor Brookin and Billy Bones Paolo DiCaneo West Ham United We celebrate our victories We stick together in defeat We're proud of our history West Ham United More than just a podcast More Just a podcast. Podcast. Episode, well, season 10, episode 52. The old gang is back in town, minus the Booches, who are going back on a break after, well, one of them joining us last week. Um, are they on sabbatical? Yeah, Nigel's still on sabbatical, but he's back for this week only. Um, so, uh, where are you? What are you doing, Nigel? Uh, I'm wishing Stan and Happy Birthday because we're standing. Uh, Did they not? No, I mean Michelle. Oh, we're Stan. Apparently, they, they, oh, they hang on, hang on. Day. Stan is a jingle. saying I'm ill-prepared, but literally, uh, I know we don't prepare for this, but I'm just adding the jingles as I'm playing them. Oh, um, I think they yeah. celebrated the birthday last week, Nigel. I might be wrong. I saw it on the feed. Yeah, well, that's the first birthday, isn't ago. it? That's the, that's the birthday. Yeah, well, they got shut and then opened up again. I ran a story on Clarence and Hugh. That, um, Did you, Sean? That Nigel sent me in 2014. I've only just published it. Good that you're getting Clarence Hugh in early on. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? He, he, he didn't even tell me. It, it was like, don't worry about what I've done. He's got to pass this. I'm like, what are you talking about? He reminds me of what I wrote six or seven years seven ago. Seven years ago, yeah. Yeah, seven years ago. I published it. Well Thank done. You. Good article, actually. Good history article. Anyway... Yeah. Um, I didn't. I said, <laughs> Can in Town Len, where are you? What are you doing? I'm in my studio. Just, well, I'm still doing a little bit of work. I'm doing a podcast and yeah. watching a bit of Wimbledon at the same time. 
Oh, good. That's Wimbledon getting on. Well, the rain's come down, they've got the roof and oh. Federer started again, but I don't think the, the young British girl is going to come on tonight. She might do, but it's going to be a bit late. Mm. She's only young, so you have need another night. I haven't, anyway, I haven't really watched a lot of tennis. It is a football That's podcast. That's what I'm doing. Uh, it's coming home. Possibly. Nigel. I fancied England at the start. I thought England was the strongest squad, so I won't put it. Yeah, so la- last week, uh, uh, John John tipped France to win, got knocked out a few hours later. I said that um, uh, Declan wouldn't start, and he started, so uh, we're, we're no, the king back of to Italy. What happened there? Well, I yeah. Who I'm, told you this? I'm only a messenger. John was, was definitely thought he was going to be let out. <laughs> he was in the told you, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't reveal my sources, Len. You know no, I don't. No, I actually don't. He just did. Um, anyway, should we should we uh, talk about England? Well, let's talk about the, uh, uh, the, the West Ham 4, as you know. And I wrote an article about it, funny enough. Uh, we had more players left in the Euros, the quarterfinals, than Barcelona. Uh, sorry, Real Madrid, who had three, we had four. Um, obviously, Captain Yarmolenko scored two, assisted two, was the first to uh, kick off and lose. Um, they they were a bit unlucky, weren't they, Nigel? Ukraine? Were they unlucky? No, I think they were. Well, I, they, they seemed to get a sort of second gear, but it was a bit too late, I thought. I thought they... They started slowly and they paid the price, but I thought by the end of the game they were coming back into it. Well, when they were four nil down. Sorry, not not Ukraine. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Normal Sean, I'm talking about Czech Republic, of course, Um, because obviously Ukraine played England, and I remembered that, of course. The Czech Republic playing Denmark is what I was really talking about. Right. Yeah, well, Mark, uh, I don't know, fortunate of a good first goal that caught the Czech Republic out. Followed it up with a really great second goal. I think the young player that replaced Ericsson, um, who's, I mean, the the young boy that's replaced Ericsson, I can't think of his name, but it, it, I mean, just imagine Eric, if Ericsson uh, had been playing, we wouldn't know who he was. And yet he's been a really good player. I think he's only 20. And I don't know if this is carrying Denmark on or not, but they've obviously kicked on from the, that disastrous first game uh, with having to watch what Ericsson first hand go through and then with UEFA um, almost emotionally blackmailing them into playing the game out, which they then lost to Finland and it and it made it look... Um, a bit like that was their chance of going through and here they are find themselves in the semi-finals on a wave of emotion um, you know England are going to be the killjoys really aren't they to coin a phrase uh, hopefully when it comes to Denmark I mean Let's Denmark are going to be tough they play, I think they play quite an English uh, British style of football and Strangely enough, the other team we've played plays the British style of football, Scotland, gave us 
the hardest that we've had. So I don't think it'd be easy. But I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, uh, but they put. The I wrote a story today. I thought they. Um, we're talking about the checkmates. I thought they helped yeah. with with you know the rest of the former Slavia Prague because basically it's a Slavia Prague. Um, either they played for them, etc. The whole team seems to be made up of them. You know, they um, their glory came in what ninety six, and the Czechs were a good team, and they sort of been in the wilderness and. And a lot of commentators said, you know, this campaign has put them back on the world stage um, for football to show that, you know, they can be a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, our boys played a major part in that. Certainly the win over, you know, Holland. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that this is, um, the, I don't know, put them back on the world stage. I think they need to do that at a World Cup. They need to take that forward. Even though I always think the Euros is harder to win than the World Cup. Yes, yeah, so a few people have said that actually. Because the Euros, realistically, is 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 the is the the hotbed of strong teams. World football. Yeah, and there's more stronger teams come from Don't Europe. Tell I mean, that. when you look at no, but no, but what I'm saying is when you look at South America, they've they've got what ten, twelve teams that that contest the Copa America. Hmm. Or, or in, in fact, they've only got 10 or 12 teams that have to qualify for the World Cup, of which they get five spots or four guaranteed and one in a playoff. So when you look at, you know, the, the, the 12 teams at South America compared to, I mean, we what do we have? Eight groups of four in Europe? 32 yeah. teams, maybe more? You I know, think you're right. Apart the, from really in the top 10, I'm just looking at the FIFA rankings... I think um, there's seven European teams in the yeah, top Yeah, you're team. right. Brazil, uh, Argentina and Uruguay being the yeah. um, odd ones out. Mexico yes. just out on 11th. So, well, Mexico is Central America anymore. Um, so yeah, but they're not Europe. The point is non-Europe. No, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Europe, really, European teams dominate um, world football. Hmm. So, I mean, you've got to look at it as well that, you know, France world champions out. Croatia, the runners up. Yeah, you know, out. Um, I don't know if you could say we avenged the semi-final defeat against Croatia in the one-nil win, but you know, a vast improvement. So yeah. I mean, going to the Ukraine game. I, I mean, I, I did criticise Southgate's tactics, and I thought England were boring, and I stand by that. Up until the Ukraine game, and, mm. and one listener did point it out on Twitter about especially like me and John and negativity but what I would point out is is that if you look at what Southgate did in the Ukraine games he changed it yeah. he changed to a back four um, he brought in Sancho where the Germans were scratching their heads saying I can't you know playing boring football why aren't he playing um, and what we got was the type of football that I know this team is capable of yeah we can win, and we can do it with a bit of style, and and that's what happened. And let's hope, you know, Gareth. I get it. Some people say that it's all, you know, tournament football is the result that counts and getting through. There is a bit of that, but you you don't want to be bored to death. Realistically, good, good England or poor Ukraine, led by obviously. no good England. Yeah, good England. 
Did you feel sorry? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. Obviously, uh, Jan Malenko was captain and scored two, assisted two, but didn't they didn't really, or, or England didn't allow them to play their game, um, and uh, they never really looked in it, did they? Well, I, I think what happens, is, especially against England, is that the longer you keep it to nil-nil, the, 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 the you know, might yeah. be obvious, the more chance you got. But what you can do is you can stifle England. And we get um, nervous, try and force, um, force to play. I think Harry Kane's goal after three yeah. minutes relaxed England. Yeah. And it, it, it meant that Ukraine had to come out more, which and we exploited that. If teams come out and go toe-to-toe us, I think we'll beat them. In, you know, I do fancy England um, to get to the final. And then... Depending on who we're playing. If we're playing the Italians, I think it's 50-50. If we're playing the Spanish, I, uh, I, I would make England favourites. All right. And what, 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 do you, what did you make? Let's bring it back to West Ham. What did you make of Declan Rice's performance against um, Ukraine? Yeah, you know, he's, Declan was, was exactly, did exactly what we've seen him do for West Ham time and time again. You know, the, the fact that he, he got took off so early within 3 new up, I take that as as a mark of Southgate wanting to protect him. You know, we don't need you out there. The job's done. I want you for the semi-final. Hmm. I, I'd, I'd imagine him and Phillips, two of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah, now, you're right. What a pairing they are. I've always paid credit to Phillips because during the season, you know, the Leeds fans on Twitter... Big him up and slate Declan Rice and the West Ham fans slate Phipps and not fit the laces boots and all stuff like that. And for me, the standout player for the tournament is Calvin Phillips. And I think that's because I didn't really, really watch a lot of him and I didn't realise how good he was. But, uh, when's um, the last time West Ham, a really good pairing between West Ham and uh, Leeds Atkins on, on an international stage? Were you talking about Bobby Moore and Jack Charlton? Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> yeah, ask me another. Easy. <laughs> um, last, before I move on to to uh, Len, um, big story of the day today on Clarence Hugh. Um, well, I should mention them. Yeah, is um, well, bigger than my one. Yeah, bigger yeah, bigger than your birthday. one. Uh, Rice reunited with Unicorn. What do you think that story was? It's a bit like I've I got news for you. Well, I don't Is read um, Claret and you, but it's 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 all to do with Declan Rice in the swimming pool with England. That's right. Where where he, he when he first qualified for England or, or played for England, he was there was that famous picture of him in a uh, with a unicorn. He was reunited with that unicorn today at St George's Park, and and I'm Did sure you know it was that unicorn or it was that exact unicorn. Yeah, they they put his oh, name. Was that on one? It. Hmm. Oh, they put his name on it. So the fact that there was like 10 unicorns. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's a deck on this one. Oh, and it's the one that he had before. Yeah, you? and have you, you've seen the video oh. with the chokehold with... Uh, yes. Yeah, I, that was another I, The one today. thing, that I, I uh, Tottenham Aussie over to watch the England game with me. And um, it was funny because I said, what's Declan Rice? Because his head seems too big for his body. So as, as Rice went off, you could see his head. When he runs and when he does things, his head seems to nod about a lot. Like it's a bit weight too much the rest of his body. And he, and he, and he does pull some faces. He, he always looks knackered. But um, anyway, um, see if he's trying to say something. Len, Len um, I think 
I think maybe he's taken a little bit of the, the review out of what you could say. But uh, again, the same question to you. Uh, assuming you watch the Czech Republic uh, game with the Czech mates and uh, the Ukraine and England game, what, what did you make of it all? And uh, is it coming home? Is it coming home? Yeah, is it coming home? Yeah, I've always thought it, it, it was coming home. I'm not getting overexcited about it because we're England. But I think. We're from that. England. We are. Do it's you put the kettle on? Vindaloo. No, that's not the right one, is it? Sorry. Sorry, Lynn. Done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm done. It's interesting that Nigel mentioned Calvin Phillips because I think the reason why I've got so much optimism about this England team. Legion Knight players have been, you know, given that the lip saying Calvin Phillips is better than Rice or whatever but it just goes to show now we've got good England players playing not the greedy six but playing week in week out and right through the squad there's talent and I just think the strong strongest squad will probably win this, although that might not necessarily always be the case with um, tournament football. Sometimes you can just get momentum, but we've got so much talent through the squad. And look, in the last game, Foden was left on the bench, and Grealish. Yeah. Again, Grealish, Aston Villa. It's it's, it's looking so good. Yeah. You know, that all There's a lot in reserve, isn't there? And I, on paper, yeah. we should be able to beat Denmark, but who knows in the semi-final? Who knows? This is it. I don't know. Are we favourites to beat Denmark? Must be, mustn't we? Yeah, I think so. You got to be. Again, we're England. We're England. Anyway, anyhow, uh, what about you, Tom? Did you watch it? Yeah, of course I did. I, I watched oh, it in uh, Where Bedford. Where did you watch it? Oh, in Bedford. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, the Italians. So, so what I didn't know, I went, I went away with with my dog to a doggy hotel called the Swan. Mate, it's a bit hard because uh, Shireen, I, I would not call her a dog, mate. Uh, it's a special doggy hotel allows you to take your dog oh. into the restaurant and into the room and everything. Anyway, it's called the Swan Hotel. George Clooney stayed there, and, and uh, some Hollywood A-listers when when they're recording uh, down the road stay there. Um, what with um, their dogs or well, <laughs> not with their dogs. I think. What was it? Is it a doggy hotel then? No, it's a Ooh. dog hotel. You're allowed to take your dogs. Dog friendly. Oh. Anyway, it's on this boulevard that they call the Embankment along by the river. Um, What's the river? I don't know. The Bedford River. I'm sure someone's going to tell me what the Bedford River's called. It might be the Great Ouse. I was thinking it was Probably the Ouse. Lovely bit Great of magnet news. fishing by there, down there actually. I, I met some really nice magnet fishers who pulled out um, a gun and a spear while I was oh. there. And some other bits that probably I shouldn't talk about there, but, but that, you know, good magnet fishing. Anyway, the, the point I'm going to make is um, 30% of the population of Bedford are of Italian descent. And when I arrived on Friday afternoon, obviously the, the Italian game was going on, and boy, did you know it! They were—they were driving up and down in their Ferraris and their Fiat 500s, hanging out the sunroof, hanging out there with their flags and their air horns and beeping their horns, and you know, 
I, it was a, it was like being in Rome. Uh, they were very, very Rome. excited. Very excited. Um, England fans didn't quite live up. I mean, they still, you know, there were still honking of horns and there were some people hanging out of some rooms the next day, but it wasn't quite the passion that the Italians gave it. But yes, I did watch the game uh, while, you know, drinking some wine, doing some cocktails and having a, a banana offy, um Sunday, thank you very much. Um, as you know, because I put it on the WhatsApp group. But uh, yeah, I thought it was good. It was good to watch it with other people as well. Good. Um, should we talk West Ham? Yeah, might as well. It's a West Ham podcast. Uh, still no transfer news. Um, uh, we we know that um, there will be an announcement soon on on scouting. Uh, we know that he's bought in his brother. We talked uh, sorry his his son. We talked about David uh, Moyes Junior joining. Uh, there's gonna be a bit of a shake up of the scouting and recruitment department, but I don't know when that announcement is. Should be very soon. Um, but I I was told all along nothing's gonna happen to after the Euro, so <laughs> I don't think there's gonna be anything to next Sunday. There's been a lot of rumours about. Uh, Philippe Anderson going to Lazio I said it wasn't going to happen I still stick by that I mean I was told by my senior source we've had no inquiries etc now that was a week ago and I know there's been a lot of noise going yeah he's agreed personal terms and everything and he so so he'll probably sign tomorrow right because we say I'm still sceptical whether it's as far along or even happening I know is, no is he in Scotland fight. training sorry yes is, is yes. so he's in Scotland training yes Right, okay. Why? Do you know different? No, because if he was in Scotland training, then I would find it highly unlikely that we would negotiate yeah, with yeah. Lazio. Uh, um, I mean, there's talk we might let him go as a free, and I could see that, you know, just to get his wages off the books. But, you know, they all arrived... Um, is he the highest paid player at the club at the moment? No, he's not. He's, oh, he's, he's one not. of them. Look, the ceiling is... It's very well known that the ceiling is 115 thousand pounds a week but here's here's the problem and it's always been the problem you know when they talk about uh hernandez earning 145 grand a week it's never that simple this is really boring but it's never that simple because you get their basic right and often clubs will add on the ni 14 percent ni and extra bonuses and they include that in there. So it doesn't mean it's how much he earns, even gross, because the NI is included. They often include appearance bonuses, gold bonuses, um, positional bonuses, playing for your country bonuses, um, European bonuses, and on it goes. So it's really difficult to pin, although the papers like to make this really simple and go, that player earns X amount of pounds. Um, a week but it's really never that simple if you look at a contract they're very complex now and well, unless you could look at the whole year earn? you can't look and say well actually on average this player earned this much a week you only can really tend to uh, tell you someone at the end of the season what he on average earned a week same right. goes with Yarmolenko same goes with Declan Rice same goes with all the players you can this arbitrary figure we talk about a week is somewhat um a fantasy, a construct, not a fantasy, a construct made up by papers and the media to put a figure on one player versus another. But it's never that simple. 
it's never that black and white. Mm. Right. Fair enough. However, we're still not signing any players. <laughs> and I don't think any outbound. If you saw the pictures of them in St Andrew's Beach this morning in the mist, I think with trench rain coming down tonight. If you saw Frederick Alves, he looked very like, like Sebastian Allaire. His his hair and his look looks a little bit like Sebastian Allaire. Some people were confused. Oh, Sebastian Allaire's back. Frederick Alves. He did, didn't he? I noticed that. Yeah. A looky-likey. Um, I don't think there's really been anything. I mean, the big st- story, obviously, well, is the, the news. I was waiting for this. Go on. The <laughs> news. Go on. Let's get it out in the open. That no, um, you, you do your bit and then we'll chime in. All right, so there'd been reports that... Well, look, let's go back. Matt Law broke the story, which actually is about two or three months old, that Declan Rice had turned down two contracts. Now, turned down, there's been some offers, they haven't replied. Is that rejection, or is that a standoff, or is it just they haven't got back to the club? I don't know. Pick your choice. Hobson's choice. But either way, that is true. And that has been known for a number of months, right? It hasn't been reported. Why Matt Law in the Telegraph decided to release that and publish that a few days before the quarterfinal, you'd have to ask him. And it was followed up by The Guardian. Um, We are sources, both club and non-club, in sort of the Asian world and confirmed, yep, yep. I mean, we'd heard this before, but yes, that is still true. He hasn't agreed a new contract. Remember, he's got another... Uh, four years on his, on his current deal, which he signed in. He signed a six-year deal in, in 2018 uh, to take him to 2024, plus an option of another year. So, uh, and he's got, again, a complex deal that has a basic plus. So, that, so that's three years, Sean. All right, three years plus another year, four years in total, right? Um then he's got a complex... Both sides would have to agree to that other year. Oh, uh, well, who knows? I don't know without seeing the contract. Yeah. Right. But yeah, all right. We'd, we'd... And then he's got a complex deal that says, look, he earns this much a week and every 15 appearance he earns another pay, automatic pay rise and there's been four of them and then he earns uh, appearance bonuses that everyone does and substitution bonuses really haven't come into it and win bonuses and gold bonuses captain bonuses which he's earned quite a lot every time he plays from England he gets a bonus he gets positional bonus he gets European qualification bonus like a lot of players do so even trying to work out what Declan Rice earns is very difficult you know it's all well and good people going ah he earns 35 grand a a week it it would be very very disingenuous suggest he's a low earner he's not the highest earner I think we'd all agree but he's not he's not he's equally not the lowest earner um, due to playing every week and, and etc. Um, anyway, a story came out saying um, one was on social media, followed up by the Sun saying he was offered more um, than Yarmolenko, uh, who reportedly earns £115,000 a week. offered less. So he was offered less, sorry. He was offered less than. Um, Clarence Hugh went the opposite way. We spoke to two people, one in the Asian world, one in uh, in the club, and and they said, no, it's just not true. In fact, we've offered him a sum that would make him the highest paid 
West Ham player uh, at the club uh, without really going into details and we don't really want to go into details except it's it's more than Yomilenko earns um, the sun went the opposite way as did someone on social media and um, and then it ended up a retraction being made because the club took offence to said story in in um, on social media and in the in the sun and and both made a retraction um, I don't know what what more is there to say Nigel move on nothing to see here well you say move on nothing to see and um, I did sort of talk sex privately with a person who was sitting one side of the fence. Yeah. And I understood what he was saying. Um, and obviously, I knew your side of the fence. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the, 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 the thing about it is, is in social media world, is that you, you back for a team that is um, disliked and distrust by a, a vocal amount of people. Um, and the other person has got a position of respect and a lot of people trust what he says. Now, I believe he gave out what he said in good faith and good trust. Yeah, I um, do too. Poss- you know, it, 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 but, you know, the problem is it, it now looks like he was misinformed. Um which then left it open to the people that dislike him to give him a bit of stick. And um, obviously, it, it, I don't know about plays into the hands, there's, there's people like me that that complain about the damage that um, the big social media accounts, and I, you know I include you in that, mm-hmm. can do with the way information is put out there. Now, there is a discussion to be had in regards of, if you take this story individually, it starts off with the mainstream press. Yeah, It did, yes. Now, if it was just left with the mainstream press, we just trundle on because the mainstream press churn out story, 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 different, different, different. So, you know, today's news is tomorrow's chip paper, as they say, um, even though you're not allowed to eat chips off the newspaper anymore. But I do remember the days when we get that. Um, blimey, I remember the days when it used to be toilet paper, let alone chip, chip paper. Uh, so, you know, the, but where the downside of what you do as an information uh, bureau mm-hmm. with a, a other person is because it, it's almost like a Brexit argument now <laughs> where... The, mm-hmm. the sides are entrenched in their views yeah, and nothing will change that view. So I've sort of give up arguing with people a lot yeah. because I will sit and have a discussion with people because I'm quite open-minded. And and if I see something I think is, is, is wrong, I will change my mind and say, well, I've listened to this and they're right, I'm wrong, and this is what it is. I now believe this and I'll go along with that. <laughs> The the problem you got is too many are entrenched with their views. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So, it and the, the and the problem with that is, is that the 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 truth, 
gets lost in the middle. And it, it then, and what happens, it snowballs, because obviously I pay a lot of attention to things because that's what I do and whatever. But then you get the people that pay half attention to something. So they get the first half. So you're sitting in a cafe this morning with them in Forest Gate, and they're mouthing off about the owners this and treating them rice like dirt, blah, blah, blah. And then I sort of had to put them right. Because you know the truth. And, but but equally, well, you have privileged information, so you know how the sausages are made. They don't yes. know how the sausages are made. No. No, but what I'm saying is, is that they've not heard, because at the end of the day, we, you know, there was retractions on all sides from the side that were wrong for whatever reason and this is a dangerous thing because when information is put out like that it, it and and, and I, I do believe he put it out in good faith that the side yeah. that was talking to him told him what they told yeah, him I'm sure. and just relayed it but it, it's it's not actually the information givers it's it's not actually the fact that you give information it's the fact is the fan base can't deal with it and can't and, and but compute you know what? it properly because they're so ingrained in their side of the fence yeah but do you know what there was someone who had a go at this person and said well maybe you should just stop it and and other people like sean right so if you stop it it can't just be in the nose or i don't even class myself that people who come into information it's got to be the papers it's got to be the no 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 no. Sure. It's got to be no. It's got to uh, be no, no. everybody who re who plays in this rumor game, right? All the journalists. No, and and, no, I'll, and no, I'll tell no. you why. I will argue with you because because journalists are professionals, yeah. And they go and they do their courses and they do an apprenticeship and they learn how to put out information and they do behave. All right, so how did the sun run on, the story on the then? funny? If, right, if no, but true. this is the thing. Yeah, but and this is what I'm saying is a story like that with mainstream media will be churned out and then lost hours later when yeah. the next story comes totally on. When the next agree. story comes, right? But when the West Ham then news givers, yeah, then take hold of it, they will run it. You know, the sun will make one story out of it. You will make four stories or five mm -hmm. or ten stories out of it. You keep the tumble machine or the, the tumble dryer spinning round, churning, like the timer's stuck and forgotten to switch itself off. So it's just going round and round. We stand twenty-four by seven. Hold up. Yeah, but as that is going round, what it's doing is it's it's sort of acting as a conduit for the for the fan base to look at it and constantly react in a negative way if that's their side their, their but wouldn't they still do know. that wouldn't they still do that from the uh the matt law story wouldn't they still but, do that from yeah the but Guardian then that, that yeah but hold up you you gave you put me on the bone and yeah so i know that person. but you know what sometimes right? and that's I the difference when there's a vacuum, people fill it with their own ideas. And because, and I think you really nailed it on the head earlier, yep. people are entrenched in their position. Yep. So they're happy to fill that vacuum with story. Declan Rice has rejected two deals. If no one has said anything, automatically, uh, uh, Golden Sullivan come in the firing line no matter what. That's my personal opinion. That would right, happen about, right. between what, those people. The, 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 the big retractions... Were not to do with the fact he's turned down a no, contract. No, they weren't. Like that's the true. original things. Yeah. yeah, the big things 
was when the financials start. Not, I'm not saying they had that thing, but when they start saying, "Oh, one player offered him, and they thought, was d- d- yeah, this player was more." And people look at that player, and we all know people were looking at going, "Yarmolenko is not as valuable to West Ham as Declan Rice." And um, and what the, what the fan base failed to do, constantly, or those vocal whatever failed to realise, is that when we signed Yarmolenko. He was at the peak of his playing career, 28 years of age, yeah? So we were buying him at the peak of his age and probably ability-wise, but he was playing in Dortmund for a Champions League team. Yeah. And so it would take big money to get him. Well, he's, the he's funny proved thing himself is I find a, about We it. talked about him. He's proved himself yeah. in a the, different and, position. And thing, he's proved but, himself in this championship. Yeah, but now what they've done is after he spent three seasons at West Ham where he's had injuries, and let's face it, it's been a disappointment. Yeah. Now people will be glad to see the back of him. But it's like the Anderson thing where people are going, what a circus of a club. Because if it's true that we're looking to offload him for free... When we paid £36 million for him in 2018, people go, oh, circus, we, blame the owners. We've written but off not that one money, person <laughs> said that, though. I, I will yeah. say, not one person said that the day we signed him. Yeah. Not one person said, show me it. Oh, this is a mistake. This bloke don't know what he's doing. He was welcomed like he was some world-class Brazilian footballer to this club of, of a way that was taking us on. Yeah. And, and, and Look, this is the thing. I think if you're owners, then you're in the firing line. If if you're on social media in the firing line, it's water for ducks back as for me. It don't bother me. I get called all the names under the sun, etc. I try and give information and news as accurate as I can. I never make up things to for headlines. I try and do it. Do do I know a lot of them? The, the um, reports on... Um, Transfer news are rubbish. Yeah, they do. And we, we're trying to put a r- rumour rating on it to try and give guidance on that because we just know some of them are not true. But it's it's a bit of a game. It's a bit of entertainment. Um, no, that, and this is the But thing. it's all part... This is a bit, I'm going to say one last point, right? And I'm not going to name them because I don't want to give them oxygen. One YouTube channel came out and did a whole thing about this and basically said, oh, well, people like Whetstone and Huey and, and X are part of the problem. And yet they fill their their uh, channel full of the content <laughs> that we talk about. If you take oh. that all away, you end up with the official site and no YouTube channels and no forums and nothing else. And then it all goes dry. And it's not just West Ham. It's across the whole sounds, Premier League. Sounds like a great scenario, if you ask Well, <laughs> shut everybody down. I just have yeah. the official yeah. website. What's well, wrong I don't with past tense? Yeah, I don't know about that. The thing, and the thing is, you know, we, we've had this discussion where they go, well, it was, you know, we're just like the fanzines were 15, 20 years yeah. ago, but we're just a modern version of it. But the fact is that yeah. in fanzines, that was never discussed. And and as as I point out, when because you and, and the others put meat on the bone, yeah, it takes it to a new level. And, and this is the thing. Yeah, the Nationals, you know, lit the match. But by God, you threw the petrol on it, yeah. And and this is the the difference, where uh, where for me personally, I, I've I've heard on. I don't know why you do it. I think you're asking for trouble. Now, I get it. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a business now as such, on all sides. 
I do, I do get it, uh, and I'm not going to knock you for that. But you know, people it crave be a bit for this as well. Of me. People so. crave for this. You know, we own it's a supply and demand in some ways. People crave for the news. You know, they used to yeah. wait for it on CFAX. Now, then they moved on to the fanzines. Then it was. I don't know Hammers News or whatever the um, magazine. No, but this called. is the thing that you and, and use trot out media. to justify yourself, and I and, yeah. and, and I will constantly argue against that. That it it weren't it weren't like that. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. It, it Gary Firminger had an interview with Harry you know. Redknapp that got in the sack. How more? Hold up. How, how well, hold bigger up, more up. interference up. Well, can I'll you have you than that? No, no, no. To point out, Gary Firmiger interviewed Harry Redknapp every year. Yeah, in fact, he interviewed it more than once a year. Right, yeah, but it, he, he had really good access to the club. I, I used to, be able to talk to players outside that or, or people for Olas would interview players outside. So he had that relationship. Not only Firmiger, yeah, but let's face it: when the bond scheme was going. They asked the three fans, heads, heads of the most popular fanzines, uh, Gary Firmiger, Mark, I think his name was, uh, on the terraces, and there was another one, I don't know if it was Majorca, the wall in Majorca, or something else. They went in and, and were called into the club at the Bond game to try and quell fan uneasiness. Yeah, so that was a, a conduit. But it was nothing like the discussions in, in regards to the club news. What the fan, what fanzines focused predominantly on was the playing side of the football club. Yeah, with that, but they criticised, yeah, about and whatever. people got in trouble, and ultimately, well, no, Red but Nap what you got to remember is Redknapp lost his job because of what he said, not because he spoke to Gary. Oh, Firmin, I understand, but if difference. you look at this as a conduit and you you try and extrapolate it to what goes on now, it has been a sort of. I don't know. No, because if someone came to you with something like that, you would, you know, you, why do you call people, you know, club source, senior source, sources close to the club? You know, there's, why do you not name well, them? Well, we obviously and protect our sources. In, yeah. in the fan scene, yeah, they had a pre-arranged interview with Harry Redknapp. Redknapp done these interviews at the end of the season for three or four years running. What got him into trouble and, you know, is that he openly criticised the owner in regards to it had been a bad season after we sold Ferdinand. And, the, and, the, and what you've got to remember is, is that the owner of the club, well, it wasn't even the owner of the club, it was the chairman. Yeah? So Terry Brown was never the owner, at, right? Because I think he only ever owned 2% of max, yeah. 20% of the share you know, yeah. at max, like 10-12% of the shares. But he was the chairman and he was the person that ran the football club and he criticised him openly. You know, and there's only one outcome going to be like that. If David yeah. Moyes slagged off David Sullivan, he'd be gone. So you aren't from, from the fans. It hasn't all snowballed. I, I would say, service I would provide, use the old media thing. It's public interest. Sometimes what people print, whether it's no, West Ham. No, you make anything, it, but the, the thing is, public interest. User deciding was public. And I'll tell you why. If it was public interest, you put everything out there. There. Now, you and <laughs> there others, is a filter. but I'll say we've got a filter. Well, yeah. who's to decide what's public interesting or not? You or the public? Because if, if, if it's public interest, tell everybody Well, we, we look tell, at the legal... We, we, we take legal advice and oh, dis decide right. whether there's, See, there's and a chance. The 
So it's information that you feels right, not well, what a, the public it's, it's feels right. It's a discussion right. of, of whether... Um, it's not public interest, it's your own interest. Well, and I would say that to the other person. Yeah, well, we, we, I've what? offered him the that's, chance and he was up for it. We'll do a podcast that's, together. That's not, Sit that's com- and, not completely and, true. There have been some stories that, you know, we could have said legally. And either we've wanted to protect the player, we've wanted to protect the club, and we haven't run it. You know, sometimes the club said, don't run that story. Sometimes we've gone, actually, it's a really good player for us. Why would we throw a grenade in there of and, and possibly bring down the player that is playing really well for us? You know? Over. Oh, you all are. Sorry? I said, you're all heart. I know. I know. The stories I'll tell one day when I retire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's that moral compass. Yeah, that we talked about earlier. Len, Len, Mm -hmm. put some sense on this. What was your view of the whole... Well, I think (laughs) I just talk plenty of sense, to be honest. Um, Let me ask you a simple question. Yeah. Uh, uh, And I want you to represent IDKs, the... I don't. I don't. Like. I'm not an ITK. All I'm right, a, but then, a messenger. Then, but you can answer the question. But you Go can answer the question, can't you? Can you be got to by an agent, or an agent yeah, via another agent? Hundred percent. Okay. You've finished then, as far as I'm concerned. Look, I, I tell you, but but that's not completely the whole truth. Agents will try and push information on you. Okay. This is it. Both myself and the other person have one small rule. And the small rule is we try and verify what we're told by one person. So we always try and get, unless it's impossible, we get double verification. Unless it's top of the tree, I think you know what I'm talking about, we get double verification because we want to, if it's an agent, they might be pushing their agenda. So we might ask someone in the club, we might ask another agent that's not connected, but we try to get more than one Um. You know, we try and get verification on everything. But you can be got, so you can be you can be given duff information. The problem is, with and and so by the way, you can papers, and that's what often happens with no, these no, stories no, 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 on transfers no, 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 and the no. West Ham takeover. No, listen, Where do you think that stop came it. from? The West Ham takeover stop, by I'll Americans. I'll tell you what. If you prepare yourself to paper again, I'll compare myself to Walt Disney. <laughs> That's how fucking absurd it is. I'm just saying. Because you've got two... Di- All right, you can just say it. Most of the problem is the, the platform it's on. And when you've got people, and these are more of a problem in the ITK, when these people are writing posts, and like the sub kind of account, they say, this person... The OTK has confirmed. Well, you're not in a position to confirm anything. And I think this is what Sullivan's got an asshole about. Who are you to confirm it? I saw a post saying, ex-employee has confirmed that there's something on Claret and Hugh was correct. What a fucking lot of bollocks. <laughs> I mean, who, who do you think you are? No, but, it, it, but this is what comes out, and this is where... I think that actually who do a lot of damage is what you say are the sub the followers. West Ham Centrals, West Ham Transfers. These people who don't get the news themselves but are built them out of such a large following yeah. which baffles the life out of me but then again that's more <laughs> probably due to my age or yeah. whatever. They've built yeah. themselves these large followings and they just retweet other but they, they're like yeah. leeches living off of the, the, the top information givers. When confirming it, and, and, and I'll tell you why. What they do is they, they're, they're pandering to the flock 
in a way. Because are. they will never credit Claret and you when they're right. And this and this is a thing. I'm not defending you, Sean. But, but, but no God one ever panders you. Claret and you actually write with the information that they had. No one ever says, oh, do you know what? They were right. You know, Rocky WHU <laughs> on Twitter, who, who you know, who, who's, who once who's wrote for Hugh, by the way. Yeah, who's a chief scout, and he in his head. Yeah, I um, think so. So you, you know, who, who 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 thinks it's great to come up with memes about how shit you are, giving information. Yeah. Your information was actually correct, and this ain't a criticism of the bloke that got it wrong because it's not because. You know, he's he's given We've his all got side, it wrong. and We've it all was okay. No, and that's and that's the thing, uh, and uh, you know, he, he he held his hand up, he apologised or, or whatever. You know, is uh, I think I I've, said Anderson definitely wasn't coming <laughs> twenty four yeah. hours before he came. You said you Declan know, Rice I, weren't playing for yeah, England. Yeah, exactly. Either. I put my but, hands yeah. up. You know, but but the you, thing you take the rough with the smooth is that you are right in a way. There's a market out there. You know, I hope there's a market out there because I hope I can do it differently this season. Mm. Um, that's going to be my angle. Um, and we'll, 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 was... we'll see. Go on. You know, it's, it's, it's just that sometimes, but I think sometimes you get caught up in the excitement of the chase of the story <laughs> that you failed you got your blinkers on and you and you and you failed to see what, what what's going to what's the, the proper outcomes going to be yeah what, what, the, it, but do you know what some people yeah. and and I I absolutely agree with this say eh? I don't believe any of that shit rumors reports etc mm. until either it's on the website i.e. A player's lifting up his shirt and he's signed, or there's an announcement he's left. And do you know mm. what? For those cynical people, absolutely. You don't, as as the TV programme, why don't you do something more important instead? What was that called? What was the um, TV? Why, why don't, don't you? you? Why don't you? Why don't you switch off the TV? Right, it's a choice. Don't have to listen to this podcast or re Clarence no, you, or no, be a patron the is... on the website, or look at any YouTube. If no, you want to only like believe that, though, the truth, it? blink yourself, only read the um, the official website. It's possible. But that, that, no, that doesn't... You can't avoid things on Twitter. You so can, by, n- by not being on Twitter. By not going on it. But then, <laughs> you know, if, if you want to keep... In, if you, you want to be, you know, kind of social, and read the first few of your... I know what you're saying... The timeline. Oh, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disillusioned with Twitter. If I'm honest with you now. Yeah, and, I am. And, and Facebook, and I, I never really got into Snapchat or Instagram. Um, I told you, I've, you know, yeah, I had a chat with him. Yeah. We did the podcast last year where you didn't take part. You know, you hosted it. Well, um, I did take did part. My, yeah, did I did out. my best to salvage it. Well, I had to edit it out, actually, yeah. because your oh, audio you didn't work. Yeah, yeah, I know, I remember. Yeah, so I, weren't, I deliberately edited you out. It's just that it would have been two people having a conversation with someone who wasn't in the room. Hmm. Yeah, so there'd have been a lot of silences. And, yeah. Me, and yeah, you're right there. Or, or, or actually, I wasn't saying you're right. Yeah. Was, well, we're, we're doing it. And well, now we've got the new so technology. Um, we we'll need to do, do it. And, and this is a great... This story died down a bit, and then we can pick the bones bones out of it. Because you know, as I said, 
lot you know, more goes a, on. We're not going to talk about this tonight, but a lot more goes on behind the scenes than anyone would, would yeah, imagine. And one, the, one, the day one thing I always used to say book. was, is the truth. When when I used to go on West Ham Tardy a lot, and you'd see what people repeating what he said, <laughs> she said, whatever. And my thing would be, I tell you what, the truth is even stranger than the fiction. <laughs> people would come up with these wild things, and I'm thinking, mate, if you really, it's a lot more wacky than that. A, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot madder. Mm. But you know, talk to death though, yeah. all this. Anyway, yeah. Should we, do you uh, think there's another way, Sean? No, I mean, you do it a certain way. He does it a certain way. Look, look, you know, uh, you know. We, we let's let's not lie. We've got unique access to, um, to the club in in a number of different guys. It's not just one person. Yeah, which I don't think happens many other clubs. Uh, if this ownership left, I, obviously that would probably stop overnight. Although, as you say, once you've got a brand. You know, you do have a certain amount of power and people come to you, maybe even the new owners, if they believe you've got some social influence, um, which certain brands do, right? If, um, but but it's not just that, because a crowd attracts a crowd. So when now we find many ex-players which hear things talk to us, we find that some current players talk to us and particularly, lots of agents talk to us. Lots of agents. Because our agents like talking, right? So you add that all together, you really do see it from a number of different sides. And even if the, the ownership, you know, did move on, I still think you get information one way or the other. West Ham's always leaked. It always will leak. You replace me. You replace Huey. You replace X. It, it just moves somewhere else, is my honest truth. Um, are we part of the problem? Perhaps. But if we weren't the actual individuals, the problem would still exist. Um, and sometimes I think we're, we're caught up in this West Ham bubble that it doesn't happen anywhere else. Um, but it does. No, it don't as much. Well, again, I'd still say you're in a West Ham bubble and we don't really know. Um, but there's plenty of rumour sites and everything and blogs and podcasts for all the other Premier League clubs, we're just not in that much involved to actually understand what grief they get. You know, look, well, give, let me give one example, and it's extreme. Arsenal fan TV. How divided are they? How hated are they by their own fan base? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, I would say there was they are um, they're, they're equally as divided as perhaps what we are maybe more so actually um, the, the funny thing about it is is the, the you know the 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 Wenger out movement um, was sort of their Brexit but then it for those that were Wenger in 
they've got a reason to point and look and go and see, told you so. Because mm. they've actually gone backwards a long way without getting too deep into Arsenal. Um, they've gone backwards a long way. Yeah. But a club like, when you've had 22 years of the same person running it, and you could look at West Ham in the same way after John Lowell, um, a club will always go backwards after something like that happens because it has to regenerate. And fans need to learn patience. The problem you get is it's more of a Premier League, modern-day Premier League thing. I don't think it was like that at the beginning of the Premier League. Is is the I blame the 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 um, the Champions League and having four teams from the, the the top the you know top leagues in Europe having it is that then it becomes focused on the Champions League. Hmm. Anyhow, is there anything West Ham related we uh, want to discuss before we go to that time of the week? Well, quickly, I want to say. Funny enough, after that, it's a Saturday. Spent the day um, on Monster Flats. Um, oh, you went? Did you? Well, I was. Yeah, I was. I, I volunteered. I, 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 I didn't. I, I didn't. I, John sent me a message to thank us for the uh, shout out on the podcast last week. Um, yeah, John Rutowski. So, but um, yeah. I, I didn't. I haven't heard anything of how it went and who turned up. No, I put. I put. I put a thing on on Lola's homeless. So it was um, one of the volunteers there, Mick, massive West Ham fan, died recently, and they had a memorial for him on the um, on, on at once flats Saturday. Called it shite down with rain to begin with, but Mick's family and friends were there, and some of the owners people that Mick helped turn up as well. And um, I want to thank the club because the club fired Matomsky. Um, donated a hundred odd football scarves, and everybody that turned up at the memorial got given a football scarf. Nick's name. Um, and nice. loads of people wearing stam, and I'll share the version. Bubbles, uh, a choir group turned up with instruments and, and a ladies' choir, and they all sang bubbles. Oh, did you film it? So I did. Yeah. So I'll um. I've put it on the lower zone list and I'll share it again. Yeah, again. if you put it onto YouTube, I'll run a story on that. So, um, yeah, that was that that was good. Oh, um, nice. Nice to hear. Well Mick done. Must have been a, Mick must have been a, a really good man. Uh, so I hear, yeah. I mean, John was the one who approached me on this and, and yeah. told me all about him. I ran a couple of articles. But, yeah, I mean, everything I hear, you know, well loved and did a lot for the community. Yeah. Anything else, Nigel or Lenny Boy? No. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Yeah. It's Facebook. You did. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Len always does this. I'm going to have to play it again. That's better. It's cutting out a bit tonight, fellas. Yeah, it's probably yeah, my internet. Like it's raining outside. It's it's not good in uh, in uh, Hinchley Woods in uh, when it rains. With the, I'm getting soon uh, fibre to the premises, so that'll be a lot better. But anyway, uh, it's Facebook, Twitter, Question Time, where you the seven 
maybe eight listeners get to ask Nigel questions about his birthday or other questions. Nigel. So tonight, I've said, it's today's West Ham's birthday. It's West Ham's birthday, people. The real birthday. That Mickey Mouse one that I've celebrated last you. week. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I asked if it was any of our listeners' birthday. I don't think anyone's piped up. But, we'll have a look. but then I said, give us your questions. And I did say, we should be finishing around 8.15. He says at 10 past 8 and we've not read one question out yet. Um, so uh, don't post a question after that. But let's see what happens. We've got 14 comments at the moment. Top fan is Adam Levitt. He is a fan. Uh, how you doing, Adam? Uh, a great a great bloke works in the care art and does wonderful things. Uh, and need to ask, what's the, 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 the best top five London stadium game might have? He said so. He's he's gone for um, uh, five. He's Watford, a 2 0 win. Four, West Ham, a 1 1 uh, over Leicester. Three, West Ham, 2 win at Palace. Two, West Ham, 1 0 Chelsea. And then West Ham 1-0 Arsenal with West Ham Spurs 1. Uh, Sean, he says, don't say the same uh, because you uh, probably have left early. What? <laughs> He's joking. Adam, I thought um, we were friends, mate. So what's your top five games at the London Stadium? Can we get, have, we, have we had five top games at the London Stadium? <laughs> oh dear. Adam's picked his five. I'll go the same as Adam. Yeah, you thought you might. <laughs> I only remember them, them games that you said to be honest because I don't... The memories are sticking firmer at Upton Park than they are at London Stadium. I'm pretty sure that Spurs 1-0 was a lunchtime, wasn't it? Or, see, I don't remember. Things are very cloudy there. I remember the... Oh, he didn't say no. Is that what you're... He's got... Uh, word uh, yeah, so he's got Watford 2-0 win. My draw with Leicester. The, the West Ham 3-2 with Palace. Beating Chelsea 1-0. And the West Ham 1-0 uh, against Arsenal. Uh, I, I mean, I suppose the uh, top five, blimey, the Palace game. Uh, God, five games that... It's really got me out of my seat at the London Stadium. I think that Leicester game was was that the one where the fans really was that the one after the Burnley game where where the the, the fans really sort of stood up and counted in their support for the team. Obviously the Chelsea Cup game, the Spurs. How about the Man United game? Three one. Um, yeah, but we weren't in the. Gr- uh, it were. 2018. 2 3 1. Uh, that's what I think. Lindsay, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to think of five. It's a tough question. 3 Adam, 1 against. And the Brazilian done that thick at the far post. From the yard out. Yeah. Anderson. I mean, one of the. I mean, there's been a few great goals. I probably think of five great goals scored there. Yeah, I can. I mean, Pi against Middlesbrough. I think the. Is it in the Antonio goal against Watford when Payette did the Rabona chip? I mean, that game yeah, against Watford was like game. 30... Well, yeah, I was just going to say, it was 35 minutes of pure class from West Ham. Yeah. Unfortunately, after going to the new up, we then proceeded to let four in mm-hmm. against Watford. 
Um, four three against Huddersfield Town when we're three one down. Sixty fifth minute. Neil against. Um, Do you remember that yeah. one? County. Yes. Stockport. Yeah. Or was it Notts County? What's that? Who did we beat eight in? Macclesfield. Macclesfield. No. Yes. Town, it was Macclesfield. Macclesfield when Brady's got a. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, the Accrington stat game where I was praying we would go to extra time and uh, Payet scored in the 94th minute with a great free kick and where well, I sort of felt sorry for the Accrington Stanley fans to be honest but I was just glad the game was over because it was terrible Cold, wasn't it? I, could, I could think of five really crap games there probably a lot easier than... what was the oh, um, anyway. um, Chelsea game where it all what, went in the off cup. Yeah. in the cup wasn't it yeah, you me and me and George were yeah, all kinds of trouble yeah. that night. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I timed bloke because that was in the old days. That was the first season when you could run from where we Well, sat, we walked right round, you know, when all the missiles Oh, yeah, were all on. the way round. Well, I timed the bloke. It took him 10 minutes to run. He came pelting down the stairs behind us. And um, I remember going, he's off, he's off to the fight then. And the only way to get to the Chelsea fans was from the east, from the Billy Bond slot. Yeah, yeah. Side. Yeah, we walked all the way so around. So we yeah. were in the west, but he couldn't do it. So what he had to do is he had to run the whole way around the stadium. I mean, let's face it. He weren't no Olympic athlete, to put it like that. But he was in like a red top and red shorts, so we could see him. And it literally took him 10 minutes till we see him appear. Because by the time he appeared at the other side, this police and the stewards had sort of got a grip. And he was now at the back of this large, massive crowd on on the balcony, on the walkway. And, and it was quite funny because he, he got nowhere near the Chelsea fans. Um, that's the night that bloke complained about his kids getting coined, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. and he, he, he probably got more money than he paid for the ticket. Um, anyway, cheers for that, Adam. Uh, next up, it's old Ziggy Stardust. He says, uh, looking... Looking fine in his England painted face and his body. Yay. Yes, of a Buddha. Uh, evening noises. Happy birthday, West Ham. What would be the perfect present you could give to West Ham? This be out or a new contract for Rice or something different? Birthday presents for West Ham. Um, new ground. Sorry, what was that? A new, new ground. ground. Oh, that's like a bit it. harsh. I like it. Is it harsh? No, we're I don't all think it's together harsh. in unity. It yeah. can still be Stratford, still be the same place. Just, um, you know, sort it I, out. I would, um, I would buy them a new uh, training ground, state of the art, hundred million pound training ground. No. I'd rather spend the money on the ground. So, and this is a question actually, where you think about it. Would Stratford be palatable if the layout of the stadium was better? Yeah. If so. it wasn't an athletic stadium, but if it was more of a traditional English football stadium, if it was like Tottenham Stadium, let's say let's say they'd built Tottenham Stadium there and West Ham played there, would that have been palatable more? Cool, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I like the stadium in in in, in its as an athletic stadium, I do. As a stadium, I think it's a fantastic bit of events by 
Um, oh, cracker, you can't compare it to Tottenham's place. It really is nice. But, I mean, um, if they opened up with the more sellers, I think that would work if they put the the independent sellers in. If, well, if they allowed... Allow, I, I, I don't think the players care so much. No. Uh, it's just the fans. Um... Yeah, it would be good to have a, a nice ground, mm. a perfect ground. And look, and this is the point: is when you're you're moving into grounds, into new grounds, they've all been perfect grounds at the time. Okay, you can see the progress from the Emirates to Tottenham's new ground because it's a new ground. But as is just you know, it's. A oh, bit do you flawed. know it? Of the first, what was the first new ground I went to? Stadium of Light, I think. And I thought that was fantastic compared to Roker Park. Um, Pride Park was okay. But, and the thing about, it's, it's weird though, is, is that um, the baseball ground in Derby was, um, it was more... Uh, in a residential area, the Green Street was. Um, so, so and, 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 it, and the Dell. Yeah, so when you look at it, and Pride Park was the middle of nowhere for Derby. Um, so, that I think the Pride Park was the first new grand that I went to that I was possibly disappointed. Well, actually, I think I went. So I went to Pride Park before I went to Stadium of Light. I first went to Pride Park late 90s. Ludo's last ever game for West Ham. Was it? Yeah, it was. No, I had a drink that day with a bloke uh, uh, before the game. And he was talking with me and my next door neighbour. Uh, and after about 20 minutes... He said something because he was he, he was from Wales and we got talking and following West Ham blah 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 Swansea he was talking a bit of Swansea and everything and he, he said he said oh yeah he said well he said I've only been since my son started playing or since my son-in-law started playing for West Ham and, uh, and literally we'd been talking to him for about twenty minutes half hour we went who's your son-in-law then and he went well John Arston yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but. Uh, yeah, that was prior part. Yeah, Ludo's last game. Big clanger he dropped. Chipped the ball, Sturridge, who banged it straight back in the goal. <sighs> but, um, new ground, I like that. New ground. Not better than GSB or a new contract, to be honest. If we had a ground, I think we could suffer. Next up, it's our good friend Andrew Wall. Uh, a fellow Surrey boy, Sean. Is he? Dorkin, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course he is. Yeah. Evening chat. Well, so is Adam. I, I, I mean, Surrey is well represented on this podcast, I would say. Uh, evening chat's fantastic podcast, he says. Happy birthday, West Ham. His present would be GSP to sell up and leave ASAP and someone to come in and invest in us and pay Declan and Koo Fowl. We didn't cover Koo Fowl. God knows where that story came from. For their contracts, even though the truth is, Andrews, that the club have made... Declan uh, quite a good offer uh, and some players to come in and give us a reasonable chance to progress in the Europa Cup 
and some great away day trips for us long-suffering fans. Andrew and Brenda. Hello, Brenda. I hope she enjoyed Hello, her Brenda. birthday the other week, Andrew. Uh, and you it obviously looked like you enjoyed going to Jersey as well, mate. We'll point out. Uh, next up, it's Alan Day, uh, our, our friendly second-hand car dealer. Evening, chaps. I'd like to thank you all for my birthday wishes and song. It really made my day. And he said, oh, I was surprised my wife remembered the podcast I kept wittering on about. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You were concerned that my wife hadn't taken my name. She's my wife, a real West Ham widow. Well, we've all got them. Luckily, she loves a bit of football, but it's a stretch too far to listen to your podcast. Well, I hope she listened that day out, to be fair. Uh, he's got a question. Uh, as we'll be playing football on Thursdays and on Sky Sundays, will that generate more money as we're on Sky more? Keep up the good work. He's put, come on, you lions. Oh, England, he's put, talk about England. You know when you think, aye, aye. Uh, Alan Day, Sam dealer Mike, to the yeah. stars. There you go. No, don't say I'm right. I couldn't, I couldn't do that in well. England. Yeah, no. Right. Does, I, I, how much has been on telly in the UEFA Cup earn the club? Um, being on telly or actually the whole prize money and everything? Well, what does being on telly on a Thursday night earn the club? So it doesn't work like that. You don't get... Uh, you you get a certain amount base money, right? And then you get mm. extra money for then a win or a draw. On average, a team earns, for the group stages, we get six matches, remember, around about between 20 and 30 million. Right. So... Right, let me try and work this out. So, if, so if we get knocked out in the group stages, mm -hmm. we'll earn what will he earn? Twenty million? About twenty, yeah. Right. You know, with with it, it depends on how many people watch it, and it depends. We keep some of the gate money, you know, for the home games, assuming they sell out, and all these, you know, ifs and buts and everything. But assuming but the novelty we... value stands and they're well attained matches, then. About twenty million, maybe. If you more. get knocked out in the quarter final, mm -hmm. what would you expect to earn? Um, Thirty million. It's so, million? so so it goes up to if you win the thing, I think you can earn about six sixty-five from winning it, um, without counting obviously that you're going to um, you've got a Champions League place and factoring that in, but about yeah. sixty-five, possibly sixty-eight. I don't expect us to win it. Let's just say we get to the quarter-final because there is another angle come to after. So yeah. what are we looking at? 40 million? 30 yeah, yeah, million? somewhere between 30 and, uh, 30 and 40 million, yeah. So if That's gate money, finish, TV money, win yeah, bonuses, yeah, so, everything. No, but, and this is what I'm saying is, is that because generally, being if you look at English clubs that have played in the UEFA Cup, um, or if you look at the clubs of our stature that have played in the UEFA Cup, uh, generally, their league form has suffered. Yeah. So, to give an so, example, and maybe that you'll say this is on, but when um, uh, Leicester City played in Europa, because this was published, they earned £38 million extra in their accounts. Right. Did their league form suffer? Because 
What I'm saying is, is that I can't remember. What is the trade-off between finishing Leicester higher up? If so, if we earn 35 million, therefore we would have to finish at least 10 places lower or 12 places lower. But it's under two million a place, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, if it's even if we finish eleventh, say, but get to the quarter final or the UEFA oh, yeah, Cup, it's worth we've much earned more. more money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely. this is the way. Perhaps that's the message we've got to get out. That as long as we don't get relegated, because then he will be minus well, if you no, get relegated. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is just just by being in this. And getting the quarter-final stage, it's worth sacrifice. It's, it's worth more than players. we've ever had before because before we only yeah. got qualification, and that's really worth bugger all. And the group yeah. stage is where it really gets interesting. And and obviously, the, the, luckily, we've been parachuted into the group stage. So yeah. Where before, um, we've had to pre-qualify. Yeah, and knocked out by Astra fucking Google. Uh, or or Palermo. Yeah. So we've been in the UEFA Cup three times. I do know this because I've been getting up on it and writing articles already. Because um, I entertained you, Jay, didn't I, with that one? You did. Talk you something you didn't know. Yeah. Well, never, not even thought about, let alone. Yeah. Very odd. Yeah, it's fit. It's, it, people don't realise, and people, not only do yeah. people forget about it, they don't realise how far we got. Yeah. Uh, um, so next up it's uh, Matthew Attry bless you uh, evening lads he says do we agree that so called ITKs have blown the rice contract saga out of all proportion and caused even more bad feeling with inaccuracies backtracking etc mm. well I'm not sure we'd all agree I'm sure there's one of us out of three that wouldn't even though the other two Matt probably do definitely would uh, he says, on the back of that, I'd imagine that's why we're now hearing about Kuval's contract issues. The club are quite good at upsetting the fans off their own back and need help from Sean or X. <laughs> Brady out. Brady out. So what is this with Kuval's contract, John? Well, look, I... Um, when he first signed, he was on quite a low contract. And, you know, he, he's been a revelation and, and therefore... You know, we always try and sign long-term contracts. I do know that a number of players, they try and extend contracts. This is quite normal. Um, and an agreement hasn't been reached. Now, some would call this a rejection. Some would call this a standoff. Some would say negotiations are still going on. I don't know, uh, is the answer. I don't know the numbers involved. I don't know whether he's rejected it. All I know is... They want to offer him a longer, uh, a longer term contract to reward the great start he had. In the same way they did it for Pyatt, in the same way they did it for, do you remember Diafra Sacco when he joined on oh, a, yeah. a small yeah. amount and they wanted to pay him his worth. Now the problem is often with these things, and I'm not talking about this one as an example because I don't know the details, is often agents get greedy. So that, let's say, and I don't know about um, Kufau, Sufau, Let's say he started at 25 grand a week, right? And I don't know if that's what he earns, but if he yeah. did. Uh, and he, he has a brilliant start and he's had a brilliant Euro and suddenly they go, yeah, yeah, he deserves 100 grand a week. Well, the club would go, hey, whoa, slow down there. You know, mm. 
I don't know. Their numbers, by the way, I just want to be really clear in case someone's repeating them. I'm making them up. I don't know the numbers. But there's always an expectation where agents, because it's their job, will always ask for more than the club. So this, most of these negotiations are done in private. Um, the Declan Rice, with his father and his brothers and other lawyers that get involved in it, have been going on for months and months and months before and I knew about it I know X knew about it but until Matt Law actually published it you know it wasn't a story um on this case I think it was Sky that are actually publishing a story on Southall I bet there's a number of other players that are having negotiations I think this is what clubs do and West Ham do all the time you know they're best players they want to hold on to them they want to reward them by paying them more money now it it does link into the Declan Rice thing. Yeah, uh, as as I was talking to my friend in the cafe today, who I was putting right, is that he he was of the of the um, just paying what he wants um, side of yeah, the. Yeah, never get this. Now and, and until I pointed out, and he realised, yeah, I never thought about that. Is that let's just say, for instance. Declan Rice's family wants 180 grand a week. Yeah. yeah. I figure I'm plucking out the sky, people. Yeah. Uh, you could even say 200. We could say. Be I would say, you know, yeah, a random figure of 200. It makes it easy for me. Yeah. 10%. All right. So 200 grand a week. Let's say we go 200 grand a week. Now, what that does is not only increase Declan's, it sets a new scene level yeah. to which the players below that bearing in mind football is a team sport so Declan can't do it on his own he needs another 10 players around him and a few other subs and a squad of 25 those players are going to be going alright Declan's on 200 so they're going to be saying well someone like Antonio's got to be saying then well I'm worth 160 then aren't I yeah yeah but not only that is let's then throw it down to you know, a Lanzini who hangs around the squad and he's began, well, hold up a minute. I've got to be worth 120 grand. Yeah, surely, no, I mate, you're right. And, and some then, are parity clauses, by the way. Yeah. There are parity clauses. You suck the level up. Jesse Lingard at Man United. Now, when Jesse Lingard was playing for Man United, uh, when he was 22, 23, he was on 30 grand a week. This is how the press reported it. Now, he then got given a pay rise to 100 grand a week. Yeah? Three, four years ago. When just Lingard. Now, the highest paid player at Man United at the time might have been Zlatan on 300 grand a week. Now, I admit it's a, you know, Zlatan is world superstar. But the fact they were playing Zlatan 300 grand a week and there was a player in the same team as Zlatan earning 10% of what Zlatan earns. That players and his, and his representatives are going to go, well, hold up a minute. That ain't right, is it? So they cut a deal for 100 grand a week. Yeah, no, right. Every other player around that club at that level, whatever, wages, got sucked up. A club like West Ham cannot afford to do that. That is why they have to have a wage maximum yeah. where they go. 150 grand no more right is that, my get... understanding is that scene is 115 grand and even 
and I, I alluded to this earlier, even Hernandez didn't actually earn over that ceiling. There were other bonuses that could take him up to the reported figure. But but Now, there know. is a danger with West Ham. Is, is that if you go back to when the owners bought the club, the one thing they said they were going to put an end to was West Ham paying city wages to players. Mm. Because they inherited the club on the cheap, in a way, because of the previous people had bought the Lucas Nils, the Matt Upsons, the yep. the um, Freddie Lundbergs, and put them, and, and the Craig Bellamy's, and put them on wages that were unsustainable for a football club in West Ham's position. We've had one good season. We cannot be afford to be playing well, players 150 grand a week. Our wages, as you know, uh, are well in... Uh, well, I'm, I'm just looking up here on... What, 65%, what? isn't it? No, 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 it's well over that. It's uh, last oh, season. Um, it was 65%, but during the COVID, here, I'm just getting in front of me. Um, 131 million in 2020. Down from £136 million. Pounds. So Percentage-wise, though, of the income. That's well, the thing. Our income was £139 million last year. Yeah, so it's 90-whatever it's percent. It, yeah, it, that's it, unsustainable. It, it, it was a, a one-off club. because we missed some TV revenue. So I think, mm. um, you know, there's a, there's a sort of disclaimer saying, look, it, it's, it's not very realistic at 90 or percent. Um, and it should be back around the 65, 70%. But that shows you, you know, we earn 139.5 million in revenue, and 135 of that went out the door in wages. Sorry, 100, sorry, that was the year before. 131 million of the 139 earned went out the door in wages. No, I crazy it's unsustainable that is, and, as, and, as and it comes of. back to a story we haven't covered which is and, and i don't know why juventus president picked us out saying west ham are on the brink of insolvency not true by the way i don't know why he picked us out while talking about their own impending <laughs> financial disaster he decided to pick on west ham i've got oh, no, no idea, idea why, why or... sorry no idea no idea why no um, we, we're actually sure quite financial prudent saying. and, you know, there has been injections of cash through the rights fund of 30 million from the owners and the shareholders. There's been loans from Michael Dell's company of a revolving credit of 120 million. We've borrowed money from Barclays Bank. We've borrowed money against Allaire from the Australian bank, Maguire. You know, th there's been some borrowing, but as, as um, what's his name, uh, Kieran Maguire would say, uh, boring isn't the problem. It's paying it back. And an insolvent, the very form of insolvent is someone who can't meet their financial commitments. If you can meet your financial commitments, because, you know, Man United, Liverpool Man, um, and um, Spurs, Arsenal, they all borrow money. As long as you can, you, you're geared up to pay those repayments, it's not a problem. It's when you can't pay those repayments that you've got an issue. So we're, we're going back to the wages paying out 131 million last year from 139 of revenue is right at the limit of where we should be no we shouldn't pay them just what they want it's not sustainable as you've said before no. nigel no it's not i learned something new about kieran today actually oh Got yeah something big in common yeah both big fans of the mission so if we ever get him back on okay all right we're inviting him back talk on. about wayne Nussie and how great he is okay uh uh anyway thanks for that matt
Next is Terry Nicky Douglas. Um, I don't know if he's Greek or, or whether Terry Nicky's Japanese, um, but his name is Terry Nicky, all one word, Davis. Anyway, uh, this might explain. He said, all right, chaps, it's Terry. He says he's not from, but he's living in Norfolk. Uh, well, each their own. He wants to know that if we had a six-a-side team consisting of Nigel, Sean, Len, George, John, and he's drafted in Stelios, oh. Stelios would be over the moon, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which position would you play, and what would you be called? He says he loves the show. I'm going to read this bit out. Cause he says he loves the smoke, especially Nigel, because he loves the ways he keep, you keep the cheese gobbler Sean in his place. Laughing um, face, just to make sure he was laughing yeah, and not being he serious. He did, yeah. Glad you well, read that. Yeah. Nigel, you're in goal, mate, because you're a oh, goal, Well, right? yeah. You know, I am. Yeah, I was going to... And, and uh, say, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a winger. I'm not a forward, so I'm in defence, right? So I'm, I'm picking... I would say that, Sean, you ain't going to run at all. Yeah, so you so I'm in defence. stand in front of me. Yeah, I'm standing yeah. in front of you as a big sort of, you know, a body yeah. charge, um, anyone who comes. Yeah. Len, where are we putting you? Where's your natural position? I'll be a striker. Oh, right, you're up front, are I you? I think he's, he's more felt out of us, so he's, he's probably the runner. See, see, George was naturally, when he played football, a winger as well. He was a sort of midfielder, come striker. Six aside, though, I mean, there's, it's, the positions are a little bit vague, aren't they? No, no, I, I beg no? to differ. Having run a, a five-a-side football team for many years out of the black line in Plasto, uh no, including uh, now, we won the cup and got to the nationals, um, but we did that off position. So we, um, we had a defender that stood in front of the goalkeeper and did not move, and then we had a striker that would possibly cast as a goal hanger, um, but he did not, not move position. either. <laughs> uh, and then what it was, it was left to the two that, midfielders. No, you're not allowed in the D, but you can stand right yeah. in front of the D because there's no offsides. Mm. So what the what the idea? I mean. You may laugh at this, pure out of dice tactic. So when we won the cup doing this once, is that um, uh, we would defend, defend, defend. And then if they forgot about our bloke left up there, we'd nick the ball and then absolutely ping it to him. And he had the best touch out of a lot of us who were left up front. Pinged it to him long uh, for him to score the goal. I mean, if you, it was typical, it was proper long ball football on the five side. Anyway, 3 2 1, but back I, in the room. We won the cup. Well, but, we're uh, gonna, John, his knees are gone, right? His back's gone. Oh, well, I'd have John on the right wing, right? Because I don't think he can. Left I, wing. I think you've got to put him in defence back with me. He also needs oh, to go for a wee quite often. So. Oh, right. So two at the back. Yeah, I so think John's got, uh, with me. Stelios, do you think goal. Stelios can run? Left wing, mate. He's got to be. Have you not read some of the stuff he puts <laughs> yeah, up? Yeah, I like it. Left wing. <laughs> Definitely it? left wing, yeah. Mate, he'd be wearing a beret. Yeah. You having a lot? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. If, 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 if the union would let him play. You know? If the <laughs> union would let him play. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All out. Yeah. yeah. Respect, brother. Still yeah. There you go. Next up, evening gents, says Russ, DJ Russy B. Budden. Oh, uh, he just wanted to say happy birthday, West Ham. Oh, but who right. would you give the bumps to to celebrate? You, Russ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll take all six of us. <laughs> and a winch. <laughs> and and I don't know if you did it at your school, but at our school, Russ, 
we did it with the boats as well. Oh, in the back. yeah. That was a bit nasty, wasn't it? Well, you know. It's a birthday. It's I know, but you'd have bruises in your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. The good old days. When, it, when it, just, it wasn't just eggs and flour that you had to run from. Uh, it's Father Chris Kinch. Happy birthday, West Ham. It says, given what great ambassadors Kufau and Suchek have been for the club, is there anyone else from the Czech public team you'd like to see us sign? Sean? Sorry, say that again. Sorry, I just got a message. Czech Republic. Yeah. Any, any other Czechs we want to sign? Um, look, there's been lots of reports, and I think we're always scouting them. I mean, the the goal well, we asked about the goalkeeper, and we were told no. I know we've been linked with the Adam guy and Seema, and I mean, some good players there. Don't get me wrong, but I think words out, isn't it? You know, we're not going to get a five and a half million. Um, are they any more fancied than that? You know, it's it's a very easy story to say we're going <laughs> to sign the whole of the Czech Republic team. Uh, we know that the Alex Crow is, is not true. No interest there. Uh, I know the goalkeeper that's been playing is not true as well. I can't answer the two strikers, but I, I'm doubtful considering the um, the valuation's been put against them. So the short answer is no. Right. Okay. So no. I, 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 I like that striker. I know he's at Leverkusen, isn't he? Which one? Sheik. You oh, Sheik. Like yeah, he was very good, wasn't he? I, I, I think he'd be good. expensive. Don't think they we got the money, haven't we? Surely. Yeah, if we got 40 million striker, haven't we? I think he'd... I, 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 we'll see. I think 40 million's a bit rich for one player. I think David Moyes has said we're not... Uh, when Tammy Abraham was mentioned at 40 million, he said, I'm not spending 40 million on one player. So if that is true, and I've no doubt to say it's not then no we're not going to pay 40 million on one striker oh right oh well just wanted to sing his shit and you know you is. Yeah. Um, next up it's uh, well we, we, we I mean Sullivan signed a few dud checks in his time hasn't he so we'd have to be careful we've had two what's the <laughs> chances of getting a third uh, Aaron Watkins says, great podcast, ever. Thanks for doing them in the postseason. You're welcome, Aaron. He's a long-term listener, but only an occasional commenter. He said he's got one for Nigel and Len off the cuff, and Sean can Google. Uh, and this is great, actually. Uh, can you pick a West Ham 11? Yeah. But by picking only one player from every decade and one manager from any point in our history. He says, keep up the good work. Happy I think birthday, I can do that off the cuff. What? One player on, from then. every decade? Yeah, come on then. All right. Well, this decade then, who are you going to pick? No, I'm going the Start other way. I'm starting from Go on, 1900s. I'm starting with Sid King. Hang on a minute. Hang on. No, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Sid King. So, if you're, you need 11, right? So, if it's 2021, so yeah. go back to 1910. No, 1900 to 1910, I'm going Sid King. No, hang on, no. No, 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 no. Oh, go on. Yeah, we, we, he can Sid do King. that. He can do that. So, one from every deck. So, 1900 to 1910, you could go. He was Sid a manager King. as well, of course. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, right. So, what position, Sean? What position? He was a fullback, wasn't he? So, would he play on the left or the right? You tell me. You're picking him. Uh, I'm going to put him left back. No, right back. I'm putting him right back. Who do we sign him from? Uh, New Brompton. New Brompton. Oh, Google. New Brompton are now known by what football club name? Uh, uh, no. Derby County. No. I believe it's Gillingham. Oh, is it? Yes. I believe okay. that New Brompton became. Anyway, uh, anyway, all right. 1910, so, I'm going to go with George Webb, forward. 1920, I'm going Hold with up. Sydney Puddles. I'll be here all night if I have to go through all of it. Let me just Hold give up. you them. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. George Webb. George Webb. 1910, did you yeah. say? Where He's found the website. He has. Go on. Oh, uh, Sydney Puddle Foot. Foot. In 1920, we're obviously going up front. It's not puddle for a start. Yeah. What is it then? It's puddy. Puddy foot. Foot. 1930, Vic Watson. 1940, Dick Walker. 1915, goal Ernie Gregory. 1960, Bobby Moore. Um, we're going Trevor Brook in 1970. Tony Cotty up front, 1980. Julian Dix, 1990. Trevor Sinclair, 2000. Payette, 2010. Rice, 2020. I thank you. Right, boys, what are you doing? Is that a proper team, is it? It's a proper team. Obviously, I looked it up beforehand after I read the question. Oh. <laughs> so I did Google it. This is Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I didn't want to look out of, you know, that I didn't know my stuff. Well, you don't. Well, you, you ever looked see... it up. It's even worse. You looked it up, right? And you couldn't even pronounce Puddy Foot properly. All right. Well, you, you name your team. I'd like to see you with Alf the Cuff uh, do your 1900s, 1910s, 20s, and 30s without actually looking it up. I'd like to see you do that. Nigel, I mean, that is a tough ask. I mean, I, I won't. Oh, I just did it. I mean, the 20s. Um, I've got to check this thing. I mean, in goal, right, just let I could you, probably I'll, go with Ted Ufton. All right, let's go. I'll, tell you what, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit. Yeah, I'll take you, Sid King, because I believe he was a right back. Yeah, but he only played up until 1902. He only played two seasons for us. Yeah, I know. That's why I picked him in the decade of 1900 right. to 19. Yeah. So let, let's go, Sid King, and then I'll go Ted Ufton uh, for 1910. For the, yeah, to 19. Well, let me just check that because I've got I'm using uh, the all West Ham players 1910 11 versus 11 that's my source of information oh, right. so who did you say we'll Ted Huff in goal uh, I've got Dawson in goal in that decade I've got John Regus I don't see a Ted Hufton I'm sorry I'm going to have to disallow this in the 1920s in the 1910s Oh, in the 1910s, to 1919. No Ted Ufton. Yeah. Oh, hang on. This is only 1910 to uh, the, that season. That's your problem. Here's your problem. I think you better check. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I will keep it because I'm pretty sure I'm right. Ted Ufton for the, the 1910s. The 1920s, I go Vic Watson. Well, 1930s, 
No, uh, 1930s ago, Len Gordon, winger. Uh, 1940s, this I'll is... pick another winger. This is for this is for DG. I'll go Eric Parsons, the rabbit. That was DG's favourite player as a kid. Right, uh, let, me the, the 50s... let me just check that. Let me just check that. He's dead now, but he was born in Worthing. Uh, let's see when he played for West Ham. Nineteen. Uh, what? 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 Uh, decade did you put him in? The forties. Yeah, sold him played nineteen forty-seven to nineteen fifty. Yeah, well done. Yeah. So the the. the what did 50s, you say he was? He was a winger. Says he was an outside forward. Yeah, well that's a winger, Sean. You sure? Well, he's outside. <laughs> yeah, which gives it away. Yeah, if he was a centre forward, he'd have been an inside forward. Okay, if you say so. 50s, I said the 50s, no. What did you say for 50s? You said Eric Parsons, who was after Eric Parsons? Um, in, in the 50s, I go John Bond then. Okay, John yeah. Bond. Uh, in the 60s, I'll go... Uh, That's easy now. Phil Woosnam. I'll pick Phil Woosnam for the 60s. 70s, uh, obviously. Yeah, so John Bond is allowed, yeah. Yeah, 70s will be... Um, I'll go Ronnie Boyce for 70s. Yeah. Um, on on the other wing. 80s, obviously, I'll go McAvenny up front. 90s, Hang on, which, where, where did you say Ronnie Boyce? What did you count him in? Uh, 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 he was a winger. Yeah, but what did you count him in the seventies? Uh, oh, just about creeped in. Yeah, yeah. Eighties, <laughs> uh, I went Frankie Mac. Yeah, yeah. Nineties, I'll go for. Um, I'll go for the Canio. Okay. Two uh, thousands, I'll go for uh, Lampard Junior. Yeah. Two. So the 2010s, uh, I will go. For Four. I need another midfielder, in it? Twenty tens. I'll go for Scott Parker. Oh, good call. That's it. That's me living. How about your twenty twenties? Because we're technically in a twenty twenty twenties. I'll pick Eklund. Oh, good. good. Well done. Actually, you did quite well. Thank you very much. I'll give you that. That was tough, actually, to think about it. <laughs> Um, he says at the end, "Happy birthday, West Ham! It's coming home." Sullivan yeah, Cell Brady is. out. Thank you for that. I was just trying to catch up. Uh, thank you, Aaron, <laughs> for that. Good question, though, wasn't it? Yeah, very good question. Well done, Aaron. Uh, I write an article once recently. How I, I think you can actually trace West Ham back from modern day, back to the first game ever in eleven players. So, which is quite a feat when you think about it. So each player previously had to have played with that player. Um, Sean Dugan says, Evening chaps, thanks for keeping going in the summer months. Happy birthday, West Ham. He's got 126 years young. Oh, Sean, mate. Oh, school Don't for say that him, him, Dear, oh dear. Today is the 121st birthday of West Ham. Yeah. As you and, know, if you've read Clarence he- in Nigel's article in Clarence Hughes. Yeah. And, and we're not revealing what's going on. As we go forward, I will have an article 
that explains or tries to delve into why West Ham changed the year it was formed and when they did it. When do you think they did it, Sean? What do you mean? When did West Ham change the year they were formed? Oh, well, you say it in your article, actually. Do I? That you sent me in 2014. I only published today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember it. See, you wrote something seven years ago. You can't even remember it. Oh, right, Do you know what you said? Let's see if it matches. Go on, what did I say? You said in the 19... Oh, let me just bring it up, because I think it was just after the Unicorn article. Um, hang on. Yeah, I'm sure you said the 1960s, but I might be wrong. No, you said 120 years, those seven, ten of the team... You said, um, uh, I might cut it out actually. Oh, yeah, what you said is, um, it was not changed, um, it basically in, in the 90s. You said, Yes, as a kid, I learned from the match day program that formation of West Ham was always given as uh, 1900, yet this changed. To 1895, just in time for the club to celebrate the centenary in 1995, is what you wrote. Yeah, basically, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, I've 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 recently purchased or or was probably the Rothmans um books. Every year, the Rothmans used to do a football book of stats um, for that season, and they feature every 92 clubs. And in 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 it, uh, it it shows year formed nineteen hundred West Ham in West Ham's mm. program. Yeah. Year formed nineteen hundred in the sticker mm. albums of the eighties. West Ham year formed nineteen hundred. So you know it's eighteen ninety five um, was brought about. I, I I would ask you a question, Sean, again, but I know you just Google it, but do you know who West Ham played to celebrate their centenary? Um, no, I don't. No. Sporting Lisbon. Was it? I don't ask me why. <laughs> but the only thing I remember about the game was walking out past the bowling pub after the game at the precise moment the, um, I'll give you who a bonus was the Tottenham bloke that scored the against I think Sporting Lisbon won 2 or 3-1 4-1 what was the what was the, yeah. um, what was the score at half time oh fucking hell I don't know I think West Ham were losing I don't remember 2-1 you're right who scored yeah. the only West Ham goal oh was it Is Tony Cotley Julian Dix. Here's the biggest oh, one. You Dix. just won't get. What was the yeah. attendance that day? I tell you what, right? I, I, if it was more than twenty thousand, I'll be surprised. Four thousand three hundred and sixty-one. Yeah. <laughs> I to say it was empty. I, know, I knew it was empty. It was like four thousand three hundred and sixty-one. Wow. What went, what, what went wrong there? I don't know. Who, who was the Tottenham player? Who scored against Seaman for Zaragoza in the European Cup Winners' Cup? Vinny Samways. No, it weren't. No, it not was, not Neymar it was, um... or something. It was. Oh no, not 
It was a foreigner. Naeem from the halfway. Naeem. Naeem. As I walked past the bowling, the cheer went up. And as I peered and looked at the TV screen through the window, I just see Seaman sitting in the back of the net because that was that game was played. But I think the bowling was packed more than the mm. bloody West Ham game was. I'm, I'm yeah. reading on They Fly So High. According to a match oh. report in Hammers News, Sporting Lisbon oh, were 2-0 down due used. to a double blunder by Ludo McClosco, who made yeah. two mistakes to give Sporting Lisbon a two-goal lead. There's a romanticism around Ludo, and, and possibly rightly yeah. so. But to be honest, right, he was a bit of a dodgy keeper. He, Adrian reminded me a lot of Ludo. He, he could have his moments of brilliance followed up by this, I don't know, where it just all went wrong. As I said, I was at the the prior part when he when he 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 chipped the ball out for a back pass, but chipped the ball straight to Sturridge. You just slotted it past him. Yeah, that was it. I'm reading about the low attendance. The uh, the attendance was the lowest the club has ever attracted for a home friendly against overseas opponents. Yeah, possibly. And it says maybe part of the problem was eight days earlier West Ham's youth side. Attracted four times that crowd as they faced the Liverpool Wednesday. under oh, 18s right. in the Liverpool. first leg of the FA Cup youth final. Yes, that's right, where we lost. Uh, Michael Roman was playing for Liverpool that night. Possibly Jamie Carragher as well. Um, obviously, that we had Rio. Be, have you got that programme? It must be quite sought after. What, the Sport in Lisbon programme? Yeah. yeah, I've got it, yeah. Well, there can't have been many sold if there was only 4,000. That's, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not the lowest attendance I remember of the stand game. I do remember we played West Brom in some real crappy no-mark cup. I want to say like full members cup or something stupid like that. And I remember walking out. And I fancied the chicken run that night. And I walked on there and it was like, it felt like two or three fares in there, top whack. So. Uh, I'm oh, looking at, is there the worst, I'm sure I could Google what the lowest attendance has ever at West Ham. What do you reckon it is? Well, well beyond, obviously, where it's been played behind uh, closed doors. Three thousand, two and a half thousand around that mark. Lowest for a proper first team game. Uh, well, Google's letting me down at the moment. Um, Cause, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting anything below what. Um, no, I'll come back to you on that. Let's move on. All right. Uh, so next up is Sean Dugan. He says, "Evening, chaps. Thanks for keeping the summer." Oh, uh, he's the one who went at his 126 years. Sean, uh, we've done that. It's 121. Yeah. Uh, he, and he thinks it's coming home as well. It's coming. You've home. heard the discussion already, Sean, about Rice and Kufal not being happy with the new deals currently. Well, we don't know if they're not happy. Um, to be honest, uh, but he does say, "Let's hope neither is going anywhere." At least for another season. A great podcast as always. Thank you very much, Sean. Yeah, cheers. The soul singing superstar of North Tenerife. 
or the whole of Tenerife, uh, especially the Calypso Bar, which sells out when he's there. It's Michael Levy Jr. Hey. He of uh, Russ's I Am As Eleven, who did a fantastic Eleven, he did. And uh, I think I enjoyed it as much as Michael did, to be fair. Uh, hey, fellas, best wishes to you all. Happy birthday, West Ham. And he's got no question, but we'll be tuning in as always. So, greetings. Uh, Belinda, uh, I've nearly said Belinda Carlow, but it's not Belinda Carlow. It's Belinda Kakakakakis. She just says, happy birthday, West Ham. Thank you. So, happy birthday. Uh, Stuart Lynn. Great support Dinger. of the show. Says, evening, chaps. Evening, Stewie boy. Question for Sean. As I'm sure you know, Sean, because it seems like you've read all the bloody questions anyway. Yeah. Uh, last week, you told listeners that Deck Rice wouldn't make the starting lineup and would be replaced by Jordan Henderson. <laughs> Not only did yeah. he make the starting lineup, while Henderson warmed the bench, but he played most of the game. Yeah. But it was substituted later on. Well, I was given duff so, information. No, I wasn't. Oh, that, wasn't so his banks. question is, are your sources playing games with you to make you look silly? <laughs> well, very possibly. Yeah. Or really were you possibly. playing games with us just for banks? No, I wish I was no, playing. No, I wish I was playing sure. games with you just for banks because it would be less embarrassing. No, uh, either the person was having a uh, laugh with him or someone else. Was having a laugh. He was just a messenger. I'm just a messenger. Trying to just work out messenger. why that would even come out, that news. Yeah. Why would someone come out and say it? Well, because it saves the club five it? grand in him playing appearance money for England, probably. Wow. <laughs> Perhaps, they were, <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they were open. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Speak too much. Uh, and he said, why the What's the point? Well, we wonder what the point was anyway. And it weren't mm. even the latter. Uh, hope you're all enjoying the tournament. It's been a cracking one so far. Um, uh, Adam Levitt's popped back, popped back up, and I will allow Adam's second question. Uh, what's going on with the digital season ticket? Sh- please. Yeah, sorry. I pressed mute on my headphone and suddenly everybody went quiet. I went, oh, where have they gone? Go on. Sorry. What was the question? Uh, digital season tickets. Look, I've asked the club continuously about this and they give me the same answer again and again and again. No final decision has been made yet, Sean. Uh, We haven't made a final decision. Um, The ISC, when I peaked to be, well, we're still talking to the club about it. But as as myself and Nigel were talking early, um, just remind everybody, it's the 5th of July as we speak. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna to have to talk to people pretty fast because if you are gonna print cards you're gonna to have to send them out and if you're not gonna print cards i think you have a right to tell people that there will be no cards and what is the alternative my gut feeling is there will be no cards they're just putting off making it official and then they run out of time to do anything else hmm. but i'm i'm being stonewalled to get a firm answer from the club, one way or the other. They keep on saying a final decision has not been made yet. Ask your representative if on the ISC to ask this question at their next meeting. I will be oh, doing right. the same, Paul. We've probably got the... Oh, right. I was just saying, I think we've got the same representative now. Um, uh, well, you, you're not talking left. to Sue Watson? <laughs> Is she not your representative? 
You're funny. Who's my representative, Sean? Well, are you a member of the West Ham Supporters Club? Not currently, because we haven't we gone back. Okay, so like you haven't got any representation. No, but all, 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 are you are you I'll a I'll face? I'll hang on, let I'll me finish. I'll no, because all memberships are still valid. Oh yeah, true. So that is your representative. I was going to say, are you a member of the Hammers no, United? I face? Yeah, I enjoyed because it, it wasn't. I haven't joined it yet. Oh, well, you still got representation, I think. Who? Uh, did you ever? Were you ever a member of West Ham Supporters Club? No. All oh, right, so you haven't got representation. Oh. Right, my second question: Are oh, you? I mean, might have been a member of Wissa. Have you? Hang on. Have you ever liked oh, a Hamish United uh, Facebook page? Yes. All oh, right. Well, you're a member of Hamish United then. Um, so you've got your representation through Hamish United. No. <laughs> Did you ever pay a pound to uh, Wissa? A long while ago, I did. Yeah, did you did you opt no, in on. when they did no, the purge no, of data? No, not no, not Wissa. That was supporters club years ago. Oh, I well, that's not so. Not Wissa. Um, are you a member? It's free to join of the Pride of Irons, like I am. No, <laughs> you're a member of Pride of Irons. I am. Yeah. <laughs> what does that? I mean, why would you want to? Because uh, because you. Because they're inclusive, so you know. No, but why would you want more than one? Well, I belong to all all of them pretty much, except Hammers United. Why though? Um, inclusive, inclusive hammers as well. I'm part of. We used to be called Blame. Why? Why? Blame hammers are not called Blame hammers, no. No, they're not. They're called no. inclusive irons. Inclusive irons, hammers. Yeah. Funny you should. So can I start? Well, no, right then. Go can on. I start a club called? Exclusive Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Why not? So, and uh, well, uh, can I start a club called ISC. Nigel Amers? So only people called Nigel are allowed to join my supporters club. Yeah, I think that would be a great what idea. About cartoon Amers. It's a bit elitist, I must say. Cartoon Amers. Because I, I would fight for the right of people not to be called Nigel. I would say you, you're not being inclusive. The great thing about inclusive groups now is everybody has a right to be included, even if you're not of that particular persuasion. So, you know, I mean, this there is should not be nothing to stop a, me joining a Pride of Irons, the any old yeah. Irons. But then why don't... Or but but Pride of Irons, it is a load of bollocks, isn't it? No. Why say that? <laughs> don't, you're just trying to rile everybody up that might be listening. <laughs> Pride of Irons, I think, do their oh, bit for diversity... And you know, I'm I'm proud. Listen, to mate, be a if I want to watch a dance troupe, right, prance about. Oh, here we go. Uh, you're just being insulting right. now, Nigel. <laughs> just just for the, the sheer head. You brought diversity. Uh, miss- oh, I see. But why is oh, okay? I, I, let's just move on because it's just. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. So next up is Dave Sexton. Anyway. Brother Ted Sexton. He said he's pushing 66 years since my first game at Upton Park. Uh, terrifying thought, but always watching the chicken run. Was this, in your mind, the greatest place to watch the Amazes ever been? Well, the chicken run or... Upton chicken Park? run. Technically, well, what do you class uh, when the chicken yeah. run stopped? Because uh, yeah, yeah, different people... So the ch- so in 1968, when they built the new East Stand, 
the chicken run yeah. for me became the East Stand Terrace. So, so yes. none of us were born then for the chicken run. So none of us could have ever watched from the chicken run. Well, no, technically, hold up. What I no, just said was that the the chicken run then became the East Standing Terrace or the, the lower, lower terrace. terrace. I understand that, but the question was about the chicken run. Yeah, but so no, the chicken run. Are you not listening the to the fucking run. answer? I am listening to it. <laughs> but, Why? But so the, the purists would run, say you none of us could have ever been in the chicken run because. Not the, the original chicken run. No, no, exactly. It was wooden, the, the original chicken run, I think, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Yes. So there are but, some people who say you the chicken run was the wooden one that was demolished in 1968, 1969, and therefore you can't call the rest of it the chicken run. That was not No, right it can thing. be. Yeah, I know it's that. Because some might say that, but... Colloquially, right. the lower Ted the can next was... Because Ted is, is a man who stood in the original chicken run. So from 1968, yeah, Ted, you can answer this. Do you still, did you still class the East Lower as the chicken run? So the East Upper was not the chicken run. That's the East right. Upper. But the East Lower was the chicken run. Now, I've, I've had season tickets, legally and illegally, in every part of the ground, apart from the Bobby Moore Upper. I've oh, never really? had a season ticket in the Bobby Moore Upper. Interesting. So I had illegal season tickets in the Bobby Moore Lower. I've never had a season ticket in my name in the Bobby Moore Lower, funny enough. Thinking about it. No. No, I never did. Uh, and then... John and George were originally in the Bobby Moore Upper when yeah. I was with my cousin, Gary, sharing a season ticket, funny enough, at the time. In the I like your cousin, Gary. Uh, Centenary Upper. Yeah. Right at the back, right we used to smoke right at the back, right where there was disabled people. And you'd be r literally the last, last back row seats of Centenary Upper. Mm. But wow. never, funny enough, in all our time, we never had season tickets or regularly went to the East End. Been in the yeah, West End, been in North Bank, South Bank, but I think one game. No, no, there may be two. Cup games I've been in the East um, stand. One of them was Upper, next to the away fans, which was a great experience. And the other one was being low down for a Cup game. I think I've, I've been in the East stand twice at the bowling ground in all my time. Oh, no, I, 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 I sat in every stand in the last season. Did you? Yeah, so uh, I can do it. So the West Upper um, was for the very first game, which was June uh, 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 in the um, qualifying round for the UEFA Cup. I then did West Lower for the next go. In fact, I sat West Upper behind Billich, funny enough. Cause All right. He, he'd just been appointed manager, um, but um, I was he at wasn't that game. on the touchline. That was against yeah. the Romanians, wasn't it? So I was... No, Sitting right uh, there as well. It might have been against. Did Romanians, you ever do yeah. the nosebleed seats, the ones right at the back of the? Yeah, in when we was in the championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did them once. We, Weird experience. We, we, I bought the cheapest season ticket uh, <laughs> with my nephew in the corner 
of the oh, West. They were like almost restrictive views, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. But then what we did was because it was half empty, we then went and sat in on the halfway line, but at the back, I was level. I remember, I remember um, Kamara walking along. He was covering it with sky, and uh, you know, people go, "Oh, it came here," and he's like thumbs up, and some guys are shouting, "Just the cunt for Mank Vinny, though." And his face was a fucking picture. Never forgive, never forget. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Did did you ever sit... There's one last seat that I found... Myself and John sat for a camp game, and it was the weirdest, probably, experience. And I'm pretty sure it was the first row of Bobby Moore lower. And actually, your seat was lower than the pitch. So your face... Or your chest yeah. is sort of level with the ground, and it was such yeah. a weird. If you sat down, so the, it was just weird. If you stood up, I was like that. The first season of the new West Stand, two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Um, was it two thousand two, two thousand three? I sat in the corner, so I bought a season ticket back in the West. I'd been in the East Stand, um, and then I'd been in the Bobby Lower. And then I got an OAP season ticket on the corner flag next to the Bobby Moore, but in the new corner. And I was sitting third row from the front. And it was very off-putting because I was level with their knees when they were taking a corner. And I did one season and then I moved upstairs. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't it take it. Very it was a very uh, surreal experience sitting on that I front row. Too close to the action, if you can. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like the ball was coming. <laughs> if you sat down, uh, yeah. it was like the ball was coming at like to your head. I sat with Ali for one game, and she sat oh, front row, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just too close. To well, the funny game. you should say that because you're exactly right. Now I remember. I did. I sat with Ali. That's how I yeah. got those tickets. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So. uh but yeah, uh, Bobby. My last game on the Bobby Lower was the Crystal Palace game when Pipe scored the free kick. The last East Upper game was was Man United in the FA Cup when we lost two one. My last East Lower game was Wolves in the FA Cup, which I believe we won. Well, I know we won, which was two nil. Um, obviously, Trevor Brook in Upper, I said, and then Trevor Brook in Lower. Um, what game did I do Trevor Brook in lower? I'd have to look it up. I've got photographs. Can't remember. Of course you do. Anyway, we probably digress a little bit on this. We yeah. are over the two-hour yeah. mark. For surprise, surprise, when we spoke earlier, oh, we just do 90 minutes tonight. Greatest, well, the, to answer his question, the greatest place to watch it for me was the West Upper. But that's because where I started as a kid, even though I did migrate to the North Bank at the end. But Where did you prefer, Jay, quickly? Um, well, like you, I started at the West Upper, yeah. uh, and I preferred the North Bank. And I finished mm. off uh, the Sechero book in, in the corner, which mm. was the probably Lower the or upper? Lower. Which corner? Chav corner? Yeah. Well, that would be the other way. Oh, yeah, corner. of course you did. Well, you went close to us then, <coughs> Len. I said that, Sean. Yeah, whereabouts? What row? <laughs> um, Don't cough into the mic. I think I was... Sorry. Ten rows back, in level with the. 
Yeah, well, it was it was letters, wasn't it? I think we were row. I thought it was gravy. R and S. Was the last me, um, that would actually no that was the same that was the, that was the row I actually kind of think of it what was oh, it no no it's not it was letters the the rows were I think it might have been S actually oh well, so we were probably really close yeah somewhat you you were closer to behind the goal though than me how do you know because I remember you Sean oh do you <laughs> yeah I didn't know that did did you know yeah, um Bruno do you know Bruno Everyone knew Bruno. No. Do you remember the day they came out and with the police and marched out all the people that were singing the um, Spurs song and nicked them? I don't actually sure. Oh, no. yeah. So no, it's another for another day. My memory's not very good tonight. Somewhere. Oh, I didn't know you were close to us. Yeah, but I was there. I was there. I was closer to you the first time I was there because more behind the goal. Yeah, and you were behind me to the right. But then, right at the last season, because I'd done kind of what Nigel done, but in the last few seasons, I moved to different stands. And um, right at the end, I picked a seat. We picked a new seat that was back in that corner, but more. She must the have seen the rib man, because the rib man used to be front row, didn't he, with his leg banging it on the hoardings? Can't oh. call it. The rib man. He was always front really? row. Actually, yeah, I do. Front row of the... Uh... You know, I can't remember. I know I like, you like to... I banging it on the side for once, but I don't think he was a Trevor putting lower in Chef Corner. He was. Yeah, he was. Definitely in front of us. Well, he might have been right... No, I'm not sure. I can't recall. Anyway, anyhow... That's it. Is that it? Oh, no, oh. it ain't. No, it ain't. Oh, I'll tell you what, we better do it. We've got... We've got one on Twitter, and we've got one that we got sent to us by someone who's, at the moment, on a plane. Oh, really? Yeah. Dodsy. You, yeah, Dodsy. Yeah. Where's he going to? Uh, Singapore. Oh. Well, we put a competition up on Facebook, and I, I, I worked out he's going to Singapore. Because uh, I, I'm like I like being a bit of a detective. And how uh, did you know it was Singapore? Well, what he did was he put up the whole board of departures and said, "Get where I'm going." But then he flew with Virgin Atlantic, and the, the uh, only flight number that's Virgin Atlantic, which always starts with VX, uh, was Singapore. Because Singapore in that list is green as well. So, I should have been copper. Go on. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Let's get it to where I'm trying to find. I did get messages come up. All right. My aunt's with her. Blah, blah, blah. It's Dotsy. You know, he talks funny people. Uh, Brady out. He says, it seems a bit weird the new fixtures have come out and we haven't even talked about them. What are your views? Well, we'll give them next week, Dotsy. We're running out of time. We don't want to peak too early. He says he's happy. Uh, as five or six will boost his points, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he's, whilst watching EastEnders and seeing Danny Dyer and his daughter work together, it made me think of Tanners and out of Tanners. Uh, with that in mind, who is the most embarrassing Cockney you know on telly? Uh, 
I think you've just named him Dodds, to be fair. Uh, maybe a bit harsh to Danny Dyer. Um, but Good news yeah. while we've been on air. Uh, West Ham have announced that um, full crowds will be back from the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, the government had already announced it anyway. But yeah. Well, no, just been confirmed. Uh, Dodsey then went on Lanzini, got married, and Sean didn't mention it. Did we not mention it? I'm sure we did. I thought we covered that. Yeah. He Lanzini thought last week's married. podcast. Yeah, did you not know that in Spain? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week's podcast was a little bit of a disappointment, boys. A bit of a bore fest. Even you got bored with it when Sean started to go on a... And on, uh, but the oh, highlight he said was, yeah, was John predicting France would win the tournament. Two hours later, they were out. So some people were listening after France had been knocked out. Yeah, Sean with the inside knowledge, Declan Rice wouldn't play. <laughs> uh, he said last week, if she's last week, a few people said it was time. I don't know about a few people, but. Uh, it was time to disband the podcast and get rid of Sean. He said, let me Aww. say right here, right now, Sean, Lennon, Nigel are the reason we all listen. Uh, Brady out. Brady out. Thanks for that, Dodds. Who said that? Dodsey. You broke That's... up a bit. Who said the last one? The last yeah, that comment. was Dodsey. Who said last week a few people said it's time to disband the podcast and get rid of Sean. Yeah. No, we can't get rid of Sean. With that, I mean, to be honest. Just I'm, I'm, a, I'm comedy value, am I not? Oh, you're yes. definitely that. Yeah. All you need is a derby hat and a little tash underneath your nose and you'll be just like Oliver Hardy. <laughs> Twitter. Where is it? Oh, it was a DM, wasn't it? Johnny Goodman. Uh, he said, hello mate, he says, because he's my mate, obviously. Uh, question for tonight, if we made no signing, would we have enough to finish in a respectable position? Uh, and quickly, Sean, do this first. Uh, any news on them new investors? Best West Ham podcast out there. Uh, Keep it up. Radio outs! No, yeah. a few people have asked me this privately. <laughs> what about those West Ham investors? All I can say is I've not heard anything. The last I heard was... You know, they need to pr pr produce funds. And, and like a lot of people, this has all been done with agents. And the, the actual people behind it are a little bit of a mystery, even maybe to the owners. But, you know, the people fronting it are serious agents. Uh, and therefore, you've got to take it seriously. But, but without proof of funds, it ain't going to go anywhere. You know, it's, it's all well and good, you know, you hiring some agents and some lawyers to talk. But... You know, as the old saying goes, show us the money. If you show us the money and produce proof of funds, then possibly it, it, there could be further discussions. And, and that's the way it works in football, you know. My understanding is they have not produced proof of funds and until nothing will happen. Right, okay. Um, so... His next question, obviously part of which he didn't say, uh, would be, if we made no signings, would we have enough with the current squad to finish in a respectable position? What is, I mean, we've got, what is a respectable position first? Top half. Yeah, top ten, I think. 
I mean, uh, you know, it would be nice to think we could replicate a top six. Um, and a top eight would be nice, but top half, I agree with Len. So would would it be enough? Yeah. Yeah. As uh, If we go back to what we said earlier, which is... Uh, and we had a decent fist of it at European football and maybe went out in the quarterfinals, then... The answer is a resounding yes from me. Obviously not, Sean, the end of the question. Would the current score yeah. be enough, Sean? Would it be enough? Yeah. That was the question. To finish in a respectable position. Yeah, it probably. I mean... It's always tough for the free. Oh, I'll quantify respectable. Let's put it this way. I'll yeah. quantify respectable right. as 12th or above. Uh, yes, then. I think um, there's enough. You know, we do need a striker. Are you saying just this summer or we couldn't pick anyone up in January? What are the rules to this? So the rules the are, yeah. So the current squad, team. same squad as this season, for next season... Is it enough for a respective position, Sean? Oh, it's so score. difficult to answer because, you know, what happens if we have injuries and everything else? I mean, ideally not, right? Ideally, you'd say if you don't strengthen the team over the summer or January, then you're going to struggle with injuries because you already had a, a, a small squad last year. But the same was argued about last year and we had a small squad. We wouldn't achieve anything. We finished sixth. So... Shows you how much we know. What about the kids that come in? I don't know. Well, you know, you're right. Some of them, Owls and, uh, you know, Nevers and the Ch Chelsea chap and the uh, Reading chap. And where's the other one come from? You know, who knows? Some of them, one of them could, two of them could be gems, you know. You know, Anderson could come back in the side and, and play a Stormer. Who knows? We'll leave it there. Should yeah. we call it a night on the podcast? Well, fucking, if you're going to make a comment like that, let's call it a fucking <laughs> night. Yeah. Up me. Go on then. Are we done? Yeah. Right, it. predictions. Um, West Ham, Denmark. Len. West Ham, Denmark. When West do Ham, we Denmark. Denmark. It feels like it. It's like we did win the World two Cup. New Sorry, England. England, Denmark. Can we... I said two New England... Could we really get to a final without conceding a goal? Yeah, imagine that. Two New England. Okay. I'm going to go just to steal in there one New England because I've not had one New all this time. Nigel? Um, I, I will go then. Oh, Schmeichel's in goal. He's, he's, he's going to complicate it up. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think we'll concede a goal. Um, so I will then have to take three nil. Wow! Though I was erring on the two nil, but uh, Jake can have that, and I'll take the three. There you go. I've been sure. Nigel has been sitting in the dark in his shed, <laughs> and Lenny Boy has been Brady out. Come on, you irons. Bobby Moore, more than just a podcast.
Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com.